Praise the Lord. We're going to read in Psalms 80. I failed tonight to talk to any of the media guys. They don't know what I'm preaching. They don't know what scriptures to get ready. And so they're probably up there right now just burning up the keyboard. Smoke is flying out of their ears. And <laughs> You love your pastor though, right? <laughs> I'm getting hand signals. I'm not even looking up there. Psalms 80 and verse 1. It says, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You who lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubims, shine forth. Before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come and save us. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Mm. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, right now to anoint me to preach your word, to speak exactly what you want me to speak. I ask you to anoint our ears and our eyes to see and to hear what you'd have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. The way our country is going, you can see we need revival. Shameless plug for revival. The 31st. How many know it's tomorrow's March 1st? Is that right? March 1st. March 31st, the last day of March, we're going to start revival. And it's going to lead us right into Easter Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Shane Williams is going to be here. Uh, we were talking the other day, and uh, me and Shane have been talking. We've talked several times this year already. And uh, we were talking, and I told Shelly, I said, I want to have Shane to come in and, and preach. And I said, here's what I feel, the 31st through the 4th of April. And uh, he called me, and I said, Shane. Here's what I feel like God said. And I said, if I'm wrong, then it's not God. But I said, if you're busy, then I'm just going to say Drew's wrong. I said, the 31st of March through April 4th, I said, do you have it available? He goes, well, if you know Shane, how he talks, well, brother, I don't know. You know, he went to tell me. He said, let me call you back. And sure enough, he called me back. He said, it's open. I said, well, it's God. Come on. And so we're going to have revival starting the 31st. But we don't need to wait for revival. We need to be prepared we can prepare the way for God to move in the services we have coming up at the end of the month. There can be no doubt that America stands in need of a Holy Ghost revival. Holy Ghost revival. We're a nation addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, and every other so-called pleasure this life. I mean, he knows there's pleasure in sin. It's what the Bible says. It's for a season. It's seasonal. How can the McRib be seasonal? I'm just, I know this is off my sermon. How can McRib be seasonal? What, what season is barbecue season? I just, I don't understand it. I get sidetracked. Our government has elected to forget God. They have. In our society, they don't want us to pray or read the Bible. Witness of God's power and glory. They want us to shut up. They're trying to shut us up. God help us to stand up. They even wanted to blame all of America's problems on the Christians or the fundamentalists. It's all their fault. It's some crazy Christians. It's some crazy people praying to Jehovah. That's the problem. Wow. The Bible says, The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God, Psalms 9 and 17, this is where we're headed. This is where we're headed. A wicked nation 
Calling good, bad. Calling bad, good. Right? Wow. The part of the verse in Scripture that says, Turn us again, indicates that Israel, who had known the fullness of God, had the favor of God, and knew the right way to live, and again had turned away from God. They were backslid. You know, in some churches, you can't preach backsliding. Backsliding. You can't preach backsliding either. Backsliding. That's when you turn your back on God. You once knew Him. You asked Him to forgive you and come into your heart. But then you turned and you walked a different way. You said, oh, God, I'm going to let you sit on the throne of my heart. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, no, I want to go here. I want to do that. I want to do that. And I don't want to take back control of my life. That's what it is. That's backsliding right there. Commentaries don't state what had brought Israel to the crisis that caused uh, this, this psalmist right here to cry out, turn us again. Now, it's true. It, it is true of our nation for we have known the right way to walk. And the people of Jeremiah's day, we have said the same thing. We will not walk therein. We're not going to walk the ways of God. We're going to do our own thing. America has said that with their actions. A lot of them said it verbally with their mouths. We have a vice president right now that wants to shut all the churches down. It's not been that long ago that you could remember when churches would have long revivals. Now, my mom and dad talks about revivals. It just blows my mind that I can't, can't picture going to church that many days in a row. But in my own life, I remember going to church for six weeks in a row. You're thinking, man, Sunday morning, Sunday night's hard. Try Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday Six weeks of church. I was like, Lord, send a tornado. Send some storms. We need a night off. <laughs> Prayer meetings used to be a regular scheduled event. I remember Saturday nights was, was dedicated. When you wasn't in revival, Saturday nights was dedicated to prayer. Why? They were preparing for Sunday morning. They were preparing for the presence of God on Sunday morning. So Saturday night, they were getting the Holy God. We don't see it anymore. Well, at this church we do. We, we pray every morning, uh, Monday through Friday. Shameless plug for prayer meeting, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 o'clock, be here. The doors will be open to pray. America was known around the world as a Christian nation. Blessed of God. People were excited to go to church and to worship and to dance before the Lord. And to end the service with a lengthy altar call. That was the time you got down on your knees and you just started pouring your heart out to God. And I know you think I'm a big crybaby, but man, every time I bow my knees before God, the tears begin to flow. You know, and it's not because, well, God, you got to forgive me today from this or that. It's because, God, you're such a great God. That enduring love, Father, I thank you for that. Father, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my parents. I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you for everything you've done in my life. I told the boys today, Cooper and Cardin, I said, we got to give God the glory that he deserves. He's not going to share it with us. He will not share the glory. We have to give God glory. God, thank you for that Nintendo sitting in my room. God, thank you for that TV. God, thank you for that bicycle. Thank you for my baseball bat, my gloves. My... Start giving God thanks. Thank you for my Christian parents. I don't, I'm not living out on the street. I'm not being abused. God, thank you for them Christian parents. This is the boys' sermon they got coming home today. 
I said, God is not going to share the glory with anybody. God, thank you that you give my parents money that you can buy me toys. Give glory where glory is deserved and it's all deserved, all deserving by God. But that altar service, if nothing else, it's a time of being thankful. God, thank you. I want to draw closer to you. You already know my problems before I ask. You know my need before I ask. But God, I want to give you the glory. I want to bow before you tonight. I want to love on you tonight. That altar service is awesome. It's hard now to have more than a Sunday morning service. Most churches here in town, I'm not sure there's another church here in town having a Sunday night service. Maybe I need to put flyers on all the doors of the churches around town. Maybe they come here on Sunday nights. I don't think that would go well, would it? I would suggest to you that in 2021, America is more rebellious and a God-hating people rejecting the holiness of ways of God more than ever before. More than ever before. We also, as a nation, have chosen a new way and a new direction. That sounds like a politician. I got a new way. I got a new direction. We've seen them new ways and new directions. It's clear to see it's a broad way and it's a liberal way where everything's acceptable in their eyes. I say it all the time. People that's close to me know and they get sick of hearing me saying it. If there's no absolute truth, then nothing can be wrong. Because truth demands that there is a wrong that we need to abstain from. And no one wants to abstain from anything. I want to live my own life. I feel like, uh, you know, what I, didn't, I wasn't an adult during the 60s and 70s, but it was the free love. I want to do what feels good for me. I want to do what feels good for me. Now they just say it a new way. I'm living my best life. What they're really saying is, I'm living my prideful life. I'm living for me, not for God. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care how you feel about it. Lord, help us. Many believe that any kind of religion will get you to heaven. This week, I seen this Buddha. He was on a video screen, and his belly was just shaking, and he's laughing. And I thought to myself, how many people are deceived by that and thinking, this is the way. This is the way. This, I'm going to get an eternal life from this. We are talking to a boy one time, and Shelly invited him to church, and he said, well, I'm Catholic. And he said, we're, probably, we're about the same thing. We believe the same thing. And of course, Shelly, she just pulls back the shotgun, and she goes, do you believe in speaking in tongues? I was like, Shelly, I mean, you could have left that in your arsenal for a while. No. She goes, do you believe in speaking in tongues, too? And he goes, what? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're quite, a, quite a ways apart here. Yeah, she's trying to, she said, pay your tithes and go to church. But many believe that any kind of religion is going to get you to heaven. We know it's not the truth. The blood of Jesus, faith and works of Calvary and grace in God used to be what changed our lives. Guess what? It still does. It still will. We now assume that our fleshly virtues, goodness, and works will suffice us and get us ready for the rapture. And that may sound good. That may preach in another church. But it's not the truth. John 14 and 6 says, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hallelujah. It's through Jesus. John 3 and 3 says, ye must be born again. You have to be saved. No religion is going to get you there. Jesus, through the shed blood, is the only way, the truth, and the life that gets you to the Father. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, the church world has the attitude that we can and will have the blessings of God by doing whatever we want to do. I had a conversation this afternoon with Justin talking about a, a ministry, and, and you would think that, tell the truth. Preach the word. God's giving you the opportunity to do it. Tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. Tell the word of God. And still some of them, they don't want to do that. They want to sugarcoat it. They want to make sure the tithe and offering keeps coming in. You know what I want to do here at the church? I want to make sure you're saved and growing in Christ. Because if you're growing in God, you don't have to worry about finances. Finances is going to be the result of your heart being right with God. Plain and simple. I asked a preacher one time, I said, how often, I'm a new pastor, two years of pastor, I said, how often should I preach on tithe and offering? I'm asking questions. You know, you remember them books, uh, you know, Mechanics for Dummies? They need to have one of them yellow books that says Pastoring for Dummies. I said, how often would you do that? And this was a, a veteran preacher, and, and he said, uh, at least two times a year. And I sat and listened to him, and I understood what he was saying, and I agreed with what he was saying. Some people don't know the benefits of tithing and offering. They don't understand that. And so I understand you have to teach the word, the whole word. But I, said, I asked him that question. I said, but if their heart's right, won't they do these things? He goes, well, yeah, they will. But he said, you still, some of them doesn't know the scripture. And you tell them, I said, okay. Anyway, so two times is what it's supposed to be. So I haven't even got to my first time this year. So I tell you what he also said. He said, I preach on it two times a year. But he said, I mention it most every service. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, well, that changes a little bit, don't it? The word says in Matthew 7, 13, Enter ye into the straight gate, because, the straight, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Where is the Christians crying out, turn us again? Turn us again, O God. What will it take for America to turn back to God? The failure of the economy? It hasn't worked before. Hasn't worked before. The destruction of the Twin Towers? Didn't do it. Oh, you get people going to church for a little bit, but as soon as they feel safe, we're back to normal. Did I use that right, back to normal? I, air quotes is not my thing, but I, just, I think that's where it goes. That's what I hear right now. I'm just ready to get back to normal. What? What's back to normal? Lord, help us. World wars, police actions, talking about Vietnam conflict, the Middle East wars. None of them has turned us to God. The horrors of abortion, incurable diseases, they've not turned us back to God. We are people that are headed for judgment. And the wrath of a living God if we don't turn America back to God. Hebrews 10, 31 says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I don't want to stand in front of God and say, God, 
you know, I tried it my way, I tried this and that, but, you know, your way was just too hard. I, could, I, I couldn't do it. God, I didn't want to preach it the way you told me to preach it because it might offend somebody. God, I didn't turn back to you because that seasonal sin, that was just too good to let go of. Lord, help us. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. God's not playing games with the world. What will it take to turn America back to God? We must first recognize and accept the fact that we are backslidden church world. I heard Taylor preaching the other day. He said our government's in the, the position and the condition that it's in right now because of the church. And I agree. Because the Christians have taken a back seat. I guess back seat is close to being backslidden. God help us. The backslidden church. We need to stand up. Those that know to do good need to stand up. It's a backslidden nation, unable to save ourselves. We need a living God to save us. Second thing we need to do is confess and repent our sins personally as a nation. I, I find it really funny that a lot of Christians believe that we're not going to endure some judgment and some punishment because we live in America. But, but Brother Drew, I'm, I'm saved. This is your nation. You're going to be punished in it. All of them were carried to captivity. The preacher's preaching over here. We have to understand we're part of it. Repent of our convenient religion. Repent of our passive attitudes. Repent of our compromised doctrine. Lord, we got to repent from our false worship. God, turn us back. I told you I wasn't going to be long. Shelly, if you'll come back. Then God will turn us from the evil ways we're living. And we'll begin to live a life of holiness. It's a word no one wants to hear. But the Bible says without holiness, we're not going to see him. Turn back to a life of holiness and give God a dedicated life of service. We will once more worship in spirit and truth. Not just going through the motions. All of our hearts should be praying the prayer. Lord, turn us again. Turn us again. Would you stand with me? I want us to spend a few moments in the altar. I say that sometimes thinking... I don't want you to think, well, Drew doesn't want us to stay in altar very long. No, if I can get you in for a few minutes, God can do the rest of it. I know in my office, I go in there to pray, and I, I need to pray for a little bit. And a little bit turns to 30 minutes. Next thing you know, it's 45 minutes. Next thing you know, it's an hour. We need to spend some time with God. How many is going to pray with God tomorrow for an hour? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sometimes life gets busy. We've got to take care and take, uh, take advantage of these opportunities when the altar's here. Should we be praying all the time? Absolutely. Brother Scotty, you know as well as I do, sometimes you get up at 6 in the morning, you head out in that van, you're gone all day long. You may be praying to God while you're working, but you didn't get that time just to sit in His presence. You didn't get that time just to pray and talk to Him. 
out loud like you need to and you want to. Take advantage of it tonight.